Hey everyone, welcome to episode 199 of 15 with Andy, Randy, Jeff, and Tammy, right? We have an extra today, which is phenomenal, and we have all three of us back, which is almost unheard of. And due to all of this social distancing and trying to continue life on, you know, as normal as possible, or at least as close as to that as we can, I mean, I don't know what normal is for you, but... To have us all together and adding Tammy, who's no stranger to the podcast as well. Tammy is our pastor for worship and liturgy here at the Whole Life Church. And so much of what you experience from week to week is influenced in large part by her. And she's an always a welcomed addition here. And with all this social distancing that we're talking about, home isolation, quarantining that's going on right now, uplifting and periodically humorous content is a refreshing diversion from what is for many media overload and fear-inducing round-the-clock coverage of this coronavirus pandemic. Not that we want to minimize, but it's a little much sometimes. We have over 200 episodes of the podcast that typically run about 20 minutes that are always upbeat. They're always uplifting, full of hope. The topics are as diverse as the number of episodes. And if you've missed any of our previous along the way, I would encourage you to scroll through our feed and take a listen. Listen on a walk with your family, with your dog, by yourself. Discuss the takeaway contained in each episode with your family. Make it a worship idea. However it feels right to you, you can find us on your mobile devices through Apple and Google Podcasts, streaming on Spotify, we're on iHeartRadio, nearly anywhere you listen to podcasts. All right. This past week was week two of virtual church, meaning that there was no live audience. It was just uh, streamed to everyone over the internet. And it was the third part of About Sabbath series, which this week asked the question, what does keeping it holy mean for us today? And I know this has probably got a few few pricklers in there. For those of us who are maybe lifelong sevies, we grew up Adventist. But I like the way we took a little different different look to it this week. But first off, being that Jeff and, and Tammy have been gone, they've actually been out of the country, they're back home safe and sound. Thank you, Lord. I'd like to start off with anything that either of you may want to touch on from the first two weeks of the series where we discussed the Sabbath origins, predating Jewish culture, and at the Exodus, as many might believe, instead pointing back to creation. And then last week, how legalism and making Sabbath a salvation activity for works and performance. And if you guys had any thoughts on that, I wanted you to jump in first. Okay, yeah, I'm really excited. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, in different rooms, so it's hard for us to know the signals. Yeah, that's go okay, ahead, Tammy. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I was just going to say that I was really excited when Andy uh, suggested the series because, as someone who did not grow up in the culture of Sabbath, it's just such a, um, it really is a wonderful gift, but I think a lot of people who have grown up with it, it just has become kind of this knee-jerk routine. Yeah. And so um, I, I love the idea of exploring again, of really contemplating, you know, the origins of it, you know, the fact that it's not this legalistic requirement, that it truly is something that it's about relationship, not about religion. And um, so I, I was really excited about that. And I think Andy's been doing a great job with that. So now I'll let Jeff talk. <laughs> <All right>, Jeff. <laughs> well, I like, I like how we've started. I think a lot of times when we get to times like this and we have a, a, actually an opportunity to hit the pause button, as a lot of us have been able to, and even though there is a bit of anxiety that's connected to all of this, there's also a sense of, 
there's a sense of, of pause that we get a chance to take a break from some of the things and have a little better view of what is really taking place in our lives and environment around us. So I think a lot of us can learn to appreciate the Sabbath uh, much more by taking these kind of moments and using them rather than trying to figure out like what Andy had talked about before, trying to figure out uh, what we can and can't do on such a day. Yeah, so I like that. I appreciate this, uh, this actually, this time to reflect on what Sabbath could actually mean to all of us. Could actually mean, I like that. Anything to add, Andy? No, I'm good for now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Tammy, thank you for your input on that, because I know that you are the only one of us that didn't grow up Adventist. So I was hoping that that would be the angle that you took for anyone that's listening that's not Adventist. You know, it's not like every Adventist. I think that the perception sometimes is that the only Adventists out there are the Adventists that were raised in the church. And, you know, that's all we know. And so we're just... Like we don't completely understand that there is life outside of a Sabbath or this, you know, through the the religion or the denomination. So that's a great way to have someone see that, yeah, there's people that are part of the church that have chosen this. And the Sabbath is something beautiful, even to someone who didn't grow up with it. But we're not just all we're not we're not just all lemmings rushing to the edge of the cliff. Right. No, no. exactly. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I think another thing that's really important to understand is that Adventists are not the only ones that observe a Sabbath. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there are there's been actually a real rejuvenation of even of the idea of Sabbath keeping. Um, um, and I think that's not surprising, considering that how crazy our world is right now. You know, when technology, when computers and technology, uh, you know, first, you know, rose, they thought it was going to be this was going to be something that people are going to have so much more free time. And it's been wonderful. And, and instead, <laughs> what it's done is it's caused us all to be crazy workaholics. And so I think if there's ever been a time that a Sabbath is desperately needed it's now. And it's it's a lot of different denominations, a lot of different people from different faith walks that are realizing that this is something that's really helpful. So even from that perspective of the health of the body, of the spirit, of the mind, there's a lot of people that are, are, are coming to the realization as well. Absolutely. And I, I think sometimes as much as people would almost label us as zealots about this, I would say that there's many Adventists, like those of us that grew up with it, that don't give the Sabbath enough credit, enough, enough credit, credibility. It doesn't give it enough oomph. It doesn't give it enough reverence. It doesn't hold it in high enough regard for what it is because there are a lot of people that didn't grow up with it and that there are a lot of other faiths that do practice it. And even some people that are part of other faiths that don't practice, but they have found the truth of a Sabbath and said, I do a Sabbath. I went to a Bible study fellowship and ours was on Moses. And so, you know, there they don't like to talk about denominations because it can be a touchy issue and they want to keep it just strictly on the Bible study. But like they lost control of the group because there were multiple people that were and they knew I was a Seventh-day Adventist because they ask you that before you go in. And I was surprised how many other people that weren't Adventist or Seventh-day Baptist that said, yeah, we're not part of a congregation that keeps Sabbath, but we keep the Sabbath as a family and we don't do like all the things that we grew up with as Adventists. Like we don't do those things and we focus on God. We focus on family. We focus on time together and just slowing down from life. And I thought, well, you know, that that's pretty amazing. So I almost feel like maybe we're the ones that don't hold it in high enough regard as often as we should. 
Correct. And, and also we forget that we think that Adventists live longer because they eat so well and get so much exercise, which is not true. Um, <laughs> they, they, they may eat better than the general population. I don't know. But I think there's some some really great support that it may be our Sabbathing that contributes to our longevity more than it is our diet and exercise routines. That's very possible. And then on the other part, I thought it might be a good idea that we just define what this actually is, this holy thing. And you said the definition was set apart, hallowed, respected, blessed, divine, righteous. And then immediately you were talking about people you had been speaking to as Sabbath keepers, maybe those who grew up with it or had been for a long time, whose remembrances from childhood had a keeping but not breaking feel to it versus a maybe a holy angle. And this wasn't a surprise to me, at least growing up in the Midwest. Was it to any of you that that was how maybe Sabbath keepers had looked at it initially? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think about this from time to time because for some reason we've wanted to make the Sabbath more meaningful than just a healthy break. Yeah. And so sometimes we attach, I think, some eschatology to it, eschatological uh, meaning to it. But I sometimes feel like this aspect of what Handy talks about in terms of holy gets misconstrued because we make it to the point where it's uh, a thing where we almost, we can't do anything that looks pleasurable, anything that looks <laughs> like uh, it could be fun, yeah. you know, then it's not holy. No, no way. And I, and I remember growing up like that, and especially to a child, that's just, that's just a death sentence every time Sabbath comes around because you feel like you're you're going to be bored out of your mind. But I think holy, all it means is that all of a sudden, you know, I wish my parents would have understood this when I was a kid. It means that the day turns into something different than what it was the rest of the week. Absolutely. And, and now you get a chance to do those things that you've always wanted to do with your dad or your mom or, or your family. And, and you get a chance to provide something that is actually out of the ordinary. Well, I think might be a better word. Yeah. In the heresy of, of uh, salvation by works, which has plagued our particular group of Christians, I think that there's a, there's a tendency and you, you make it, about what you do and how you, what you know, your accomplishment and more behavioristic yeah. faith. That's why all these rules come along, as opposed to the fact that, hey, it is a holy day and we keep it holy by remembering it, by intentionalizing it, by honoring it, not necessarily by the details of you're doing something wrong this second and God's going to be disfavored upon you. And now you're, oh, now you're keeping it right and that's going to get this blessing. And now you're back out of it again. Um, it's just, it's, it's just not that way. Yeah, I, I actually cringe when I see an article or something posted on somebody's you know website where these are the things that you can do and can't do on the Sabbath because I, you know I I think that that would be like somebody calling me up and saying here's the dates that are you know that you can have with your wife and here's the ones you can't and uh i i just have a really difficult time with somebody setting those kind of uh parameters it's a great illustration jeff yeah I like it. Well, and Andy, I like this shift in focus that you talked about. You said keeping Sabbath holy isn't about figuring out what is holy and what is not because the day 
The blessed 24 hours are already holy, and keeping it may be most about remembering it 24-7 and knowing that when it arrives, it will be, in the words of John Mark Comer, a wonderful, life-giving practice to break our addiction to the West's twin gods, accomplishment and accumulation. And, you know, to, to think about it and the fact that those 24 hours, are, they're already holy, whether we choose to participate in them or not. And I, I'd never really thought about it that way. And so... Is that something, you know, that maybe I'm just new to this whole idea or is this something that's been out there and I've just kind of I've just kind of missed it? No, I think I think it, it may be a different way of thinking about it a little bit. But really, Sabbath is really a day about stewardship. It's about resting in God's completed work on our behalf. That's really the essence of the Sabbath is salvation. And so to be able to to recognize it, it for what it is and just enter it as opposed to trying to do something for it or accomplish something in it. And, and I really think that when oftentimes people say, well, you know, what, these people do this on Sabbath or that on Sabbath. I say, well, really, I think if you think about Sabbath as a day to stop self-advancement, hmm. a day to cease from trying to move yourself forward anywhere on the map, and it's a day, it's a day for sitting, it's a day for being um, versus trying to get somewhere. Yeah. Well, and I took a long look in the mirror after you said this. You said, it is impossible for us to run at top speed doing our work, good work, work done with God honoring excellence, but in a way that is hard to be still because there's a restlessness to accomplish and accumulate. And you were speaking about you can't just switch this off on Sabbath and expect to somehow, you know, turn everything off for 24 hours and then flip the switch on Sunday and go like like crazed people for the rest of the six week, the six days in the week. And yet, I mean, how do we tackle that? I mean, we you go from the workaholic to the people that have to work multiple jobs and side hustles just to squeak out a living. So how is this practical that we can somehow take these lessons or these rhythms that we're trying to figure out about, you know, Sabbath being holy and taking this break? How do we trust God to intervene and make our entire lives less crazy, not just the Sabbath? Oh, I think we have we have to. We have to practice the disciplines of silence and solitude and meditation throughout our life, not just on Sabbath. We're sort of pre-Sabbathing Sabbath and that being still and knowing that he is God. <laughs> Pre-Sabbathing Sabbath. I like that. That's yeah, good. If we don't weave that into our week, it's going to be really hard to slam the brakes on and go from 100 miles an hour to zero and think we're going to be, oh, okay, now I'm just going to be in this Zen state for 24 hours. Uh, that's not that's not going to happen. We have to, we have to be preparing for it by the way. By practicing that discipline in a small way, that we get to practice for 24 hours on Sabbath. Yeah. Tammy, I wanted to ask you this I, question specifically. Go ahead. Or, go ahead. You, uh, give, no, no, no. Go, go, go. Well, I, I wanted you to speak into this, and I guess you probably already were going to, but I think it was on social <laughs> media this week that you had posted something about – it was Sabbath and you were watching online or, you know, like, like this is what a break looks like on Sabbath because <laughs> as our, you know, as our worship pastor and each week, this is your job all week is to make sure that what we're doing on Sabbath kind of helps in this process of us just being still and being and being in the place where as corporate worshipers together, we're really calming and pushing out all these distractions from the week and focusing on, on worship but that also puts you in the position of like, well, I guess I know where I'll be on Saturday, right? How, how do you do well, this? Well, you know, it it is interesting. I think anybody who works in a church, you know, I think our whole staff 
Sabbath is different. I mean, it's it's amazing and it's wonderful. And it's, you know, even when you're working, it's part of your job. It's still, it doesn't take away from the blessing and, and the great day it is. However, you do experience it differently. And so I would say probably since this Sabbath was probably the most different Sabbath, the most restful and peaceful Sabbath I've had probably since I married my husband, because of course I married a pastor before I was even, you know, doing church work. And oh so even when you're taking vacation, you know, especially now in the role I'm in right now, even when I'm on vacation, my mind is still at church. You know, on Sabbath, I'm still thinking, I hope the host is doing this. I hope the program director is doing this. I wonder how it's going. I'll check in. I'll text. Where this time it's like, there was nothing I had to do. I, we literally got up, we took a walk, we, you know, we sat and had a cup of coffee together. I mean, it was just truly this peaceful, relaxing. It was a completely different experience. And so I did, I, I made a post on Facebook and I'm like, so this is what Sabbath <laughs> looks like, you know, because I haven't experienced that since I, you know, first joined the Adventist church back, you know, as, as a young adult. And so, um, but, but it's interesting though, because I don't think it's, I mean, that that definitely is true for, I think, anybody who works in a church setting. But um, I was uh, talking with a, a somebody who's a part of my my weekly Bible study. And, and she was saying, because, of course, we're trying to manipulate how we're going to have Bible study now in this virtual um, <laughs> setting. You know, we're going right. to do a Zoom Bible study, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, she was saying it's just so interesting because as horrendous as currently what's going on is, and, and, and I don't want to minimize that because it's really terrible. This whole coronavirus is really terrible. But that being said, she said she looks outside and she sees families playing basketball together. There's different things happening in our world that I think this whole situation has kind of forced everyone to slow down to a certain extent. So it's like a little taste of what's possible if we were to only just value this and try to incorporate that when we go back to whatever the new normal is going to be, to try to value what we were forced into and hopefully maybe keep that at least for a day to realize. And for me, it really is kind of a stepping back and wallowing in the trust that I can have in a God who cares for me so I don't have to continue spinning my wheels and caring for myself. I love that because one of my favorite parts of this message and something I hope we can all relate to, like what you just talked about and maybe things that we can implement in our lives now and then continue to practice long after the coronavirus is gone and we don't talk about it until we go back and, and we see our Facebook memories when the SARS virus came or when it was the swine flu or, you know, all these, you know, previous same type of pandemics that have affected us over, you know, over the last couple of decades. Andy said, I want to invite you this week to send someone you care about some words of hope. Tell someone about your concerns and how you've given them to Jesus. Speak a word of hope and faith and love into another's lives. Call an older friend, a parent, a neighbor, follow a, a fellow church member and check on them. This week set a course not to be abandoned when this pandemic is behind us, of making a contribution, of being an encourager or being a voice and person of calmness in the storm, because Jesus has spoken into all our storms and said, peace be still. Has anyone had a chance to do that during the past couple of weeks? Because I think that's the, like you just said, Tammy, this is whatever the new norm is going to be. If we can take like that paragraph and the things that you just talked about, the things that we haven't maybe taken the time to do as as parents or as senior church members to kind of shepherd the the people that are maybe newer to this and not sure of what to do, 
you know, this would be, this is the time to do it, right? It really is. And my, my great grandmother had a saying, she would say, uh, this too shall pass. That was her, I think her favorite way of looking at everything, good things or bad. <laughs> and, <laughs> and in this, and in this crisis, I think we have to have confidence that, that this too shall pass. You know, yeah. we don't know how long it's going to last or how bad it's going to be. We don't know who, who, who we love that may be affected by it, but uh, it will it will pass. And in the meantime, we can cast all our care on on God. He's there for us. Absolutely. I think as we look at this, I love the part that Andy mentioned that the Sabbath is already holy. It's not something that that we that we are manufacturing. So when when you think about this from the standpoint of you know, everybody wants to, especially during these times, we want to find a sense of peace. We want to find a sense of hope. We, we want relief from this anxiety. And so to have something like this and to make a habit out of what a Sabbath could actually be for us, yes, we can read, we can, you know, we can watch other people, but until we experience it. And that's not all God, all God is asking us to do is just experience Sabbath with him. I think that is the part that eventually will bring uh, the kind of peace that I think that he really has uh, been wanting us to all experience with him is to have that kind of peace and hope. I like it. Tammy? And I think it's like any other discipline. I mean, I think you strengthen. The more you practice, you strengthen that. And so I think the weekly Sabbath that we continue to practice, I think, helps us to strengthen those trust and rest in God muscles so that that incorporates during the week. And it also allows us then to overflow with that onto other people. Mm, I like it. I like it. Well, this week, one of our whole life takeaways asked, how has this time of social distancing affected your thoughts about Sabbath, about corporate worship and about fellowship? And we kind of talked about it, but growing up Adventist, Sabbath was more often than not viewed as a burden or as an afterthought for yours truly. I appreciated the non-working aspect. And even when I wasn't a practicing Adventist, I mean, like, like what's not to like about that? Sorry, I'm an Adventist. I, I can't work on, on, uh, on Saturday. So, uh, you know, that was always something to hold dear. But I think the last few weeks I found myself missing my church people. I miss you guys. I miss hanging out with you guys in the studio and actually recording this while we're sitting around the little round table there in the, in the office together. And, you know, I, I miss my community, my friends. I've missed worshiping corporately, even singing together. And if any of you have ever sat next to me, you know, I can't sing. And so I'm, you know, you're probably happy about that more so than I'm missing it. But, you know, being in the same room together, even as just we sit and listen to the sermon, there's something about it. I've missed the hugs, the smiles, and I don't dare I say even chasing sparkle around the building and having you all go, oh, she went that way. She went that way. She went that way. So, how has the last few weeks changed your thoughts about Sabbath, worship, fellowship? As always, we'll take your questions, your answers, comments, something we said, didn't say, said the wrong way, or how you feel about the subject. And you can leave us your insights by voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or email podcast at wholelife.church. And our final thoughts were from almost the beginning of Andy's message, a little bit different this week. He said, so what does it mean to keep it holy, the meaning the Sabbath? It means to remember it, to honor it, and to tenaciously train ourselves to take 24 hours to be rather than do. This won't be simple or easy, 
And some people won't understand when we say no to worthy causes. Ooh, saying no, that's tough all in itself, even on its own. But keeping it holy, saying yes to our God, means saying no to all, all his rivals, and to simply be with our God. Andy, that is a lot. That's a mouthful, but that's that's harder to do sometimes than we would like to personally admit, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think if we could think about Sabbath as a Sabbath practice, hmm. um, I don't go to the doctor and expect him to have all the answers and do everything perfectly. I, he's practicing or she's practicing medicine. Yeah. Um, and so I think the same thing should be true in our Sabbath thing. Give, give ourselves some grace to be versus do. And to say, okay, oh, well, you know, last week I sort of reviewed though how I how I related to the Sabbath, and yeah, you know, my mind was on doing a lot that day. Maybe I, this next week I want to intentionalize more being than doing. Yeah. I want to I want to move that direction so that this becomes intentional and recognize it's a it's a practice. And some some Sabbaths will practice it really well. Some Sabbaths we won't practice it as well. <laughs> um, yeah, doesn't mean and, we're going to be perfect, uh, and, right? No, and but we're but we're remembering it with the intention of keeping it holy. Yeah. Um, and that's what we want. We want it to keep its place of, of importance and, and what it can mean in our lives. And so that's just, just the intentionalization I think is gigantic. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It, we all need to be intentional because otherwise it just becomes another day that, yeah, we don't do maybe certain things, but we, if we have no intentionality to keep it as something, if you want to say holy and if you want to, you know, how you keep it, but just like with intentionality to be more engaged and to to really appreciate it for all it is, it has to be done with intentionality, or it just becomes a day off. Yeah, I mentioned in my message that that the best Sabbaths are the ones that we are most intentional about. And if we can think about Saturday night as the sun goes down and the Sabbath ends, to think about making an appointment for Sabbath the next Friday as the sun goes down. Yeah, and have it have that be our rhythm with all those those six beats of work and a beat of rest um, in the music of our lives, I think they just become richer and richer. Absolutely. At our house, uh, Sparkle never, she asks, starting about Wednesday or Thursday, she still doesn't have the, all the weekdays completely, <laughs> you know, down all the time. And now without school, she's completely lost. But, you know, her, it's always about yeah Wednesday or Thursday. It's like Sabbath day, not tonight. And then the next day, Sabbath day? No, no, not tonight. And then finally Sabbath, she'll wake up and Friday morning, she'll say, Sabbath day? I'm like, tonight. And she's like, and then she claps and she thinks it's great because she knows we're all going to spend more time than we normally do during the week. And so she's excited. Tammy, Jeff, anything else from you guys? Um, the, the only one thing I want to say, there, there is a book that is absolutely awesome. Mark Buchanan wrote a book called The Rest of God, Restoring Your Soul by Restoring Sabbath. Um, was a huge paradigm shift for, shift for me, and and I really would highly recommend that if anybody's looking for a really really great book on Sabbath. Mark Buchanan. And, what was the name of that again? I'm sorry. It's Mark Buchanan is the author, and it's called The Rest of God. The Rest of God. Okay, that the will, byline uh, is yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I think you know, I think what we'll do, Randy, is is probably by the toward the end of the series, or maybe even before next week. I'll try to put together a bibliography we can we can post. Absolutely, um, That'd be great. There's a lot. There's just a lot That's of a good, idea. a lot of great reading that can make a difference in how we approach it. Okay, well, this uh, Mark Buchanan book, "The Rest of God," I'll put that in the show notes this week. So as you're listening, just go ahead and swipe up in the app that you're listening in, and there will be a link probably to Amazon because that's usually the easiest, and you can get yourself a copy there and buy your Kindle or you know hardcover, softcover, whatever it comes in, and that will be available to you. Well. It was great to have everyone back this week. What's upcoming? We're still on the Sabbath series this coming week, correct? 
it's 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 going to be a sermon about Sabbath, and we'll figure that out between now and the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate the ultimate committal slash non committal. I like that, Andy. Yeah. Well we have we have, we, have, we, have <laughs> yeah, we had our sermons lined out one direction and the, we've have a coronavirus going on and so we may we may shift the emphasis we're placing a little this week, but it'll be about Sabbath and uh hope everybody can join us. That's awesome. Well, you know, as times change, we have to be flexible. So that works out great. Okay. I think that's it. So next week, it'll be episode 200. It'll probably be the same format. I don't foresee us getting back together sooner than later, probably another couple of weeks. Who knows? But uh, it'll be episode 200. So this week, remember, smile, find someone that you can give a call to, someone you can uplift this week, maybe calm their fears, wash your hands, social distancing, but get outside and get some fresh air. Vitamin D, it's good for you. So until next week, thanks for listening and have a great week.